1: Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. Sean Hackett is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton Florida. He's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So, Sean, how you doing,
2: bud? I'm doing good. Getting a little more a uh, sinus cold, but I feel a little better today. So at least I have yeah. a voice. A couple of days ago, there was not much happening with that. So yeah,
1: that would have been a hard time to have a podcast where we talk about things if you couldn't talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know sign language that well. I know there's a couple, couple gestures that I know pretty well. But other than that, that's, that's about it. So, yeah, there's a uh, big weather change coming our way. Sean, we're talking about a complete reversal here. You sent a report out um, earlier in the week about the MJO and you lost me after that. But uh, basically, the long, the longest show of it is there's a, there's a stationary kind of, I don't know, front's the right word or what, what the right word to say there is, but moving in over some of these driest areas where they could see some significant rainfall over the next five to 10 days.
2: Yeah, the Maiden Julian Oscillation, the MJO. We talk about it all the time in our reports, and uh, talk about your program a lot. It's a, yep. it's a, it's an area of convection that kind of rotates around the tropics, um, and it's usually it, it keeps moving. It 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 it's a, it kind of just keeps moving. Um, it got it, it's moved into phase a, a weak signal phase two. And it's not moving at all. Like it's stationary. It's very, very unusual pattern to have the MGO just get stuck, literally not moving at all for days or weeks, just sitting there. And it just so happens that phase two in the in uh in the current teleconnections that we have with a weak El Nino and negative PDO and everything else that we have is extremely wet signal for central eastern grain belt. And so when the MGO is not moving. When it sits stationary, it amplifies the atmosphere, meaning it, it, it creates an amplified jet stream. Um, and, and what it really creates is cr- creates a kind of atmospheric river pattern where moisture is being pumped, uh, until it moves. And, um, so, you know, the models have been wrong about predicting rains for about two months straight now, but I think they're right about this one. Sometimes I get it right and I, you know, a week ago, we warned about a big setback in grains. We suggested corn could, could potentially uh, move down to five and a half or lower based upon quarter end, month end, the US day reports being bearish and this change in the weather pattern. Um, and that has played out. And it's possible we actually could have some significant localized flooding where you get these pockets of thunder showers that pr- put five or six inches in certain areas where you've had bone dry. Ground gets just five or six inches of rain in a very short period of time. So, obviously, um, rain makes grain. Uh, the weather market's over. And, um, you know, there'll be a lot of debate for a long time about the damage that's been done or not done, or it's irreversible or it is reversible. But at the end of the day, the market's going to trade rain makes grain. Um, and they will only change that view um, until the weather pattern changes again which for two, if we get to this 10 to 14 day period of rain, it'd be too late to turn it around for corn pollination, meaning corn pollination will work out good. But, you know, obviously soybean weather in August, we'd have to look at, but um, the market won't change their view about rain makes grain for corn until the USDA at some point in future USDA reports, whether it's the August, September or October report says, oh, the yields are way you know way worse than we expected. So, you know, that pretty much is, uh, is um, know putting a bearish slant and so the way we're looking at it now with these rains highly likely to now occur it you know grains are going to be under pressure in the mid late july the way it seems to me and at that point i think the weather pattern could back off meaning i just the mgo is not likely going to sit in phase two stagnant for more than a few weeks Um, and they'll start to move again so then once it moves again the pattern will change again and it's possible we go back to a to a dry pattern and maybe a hot pattern. And if the market gets excited that maybe August could be hot and dry, maybe this is a you know the soybean could get catch a wave, and then the corn market could have a bounce because of soybeans getting worried about weather. So I kind of feel mid-late July is our next shot at some kind of a turning point or relief rally or something of that nature. Until then, can pretty pretty awfully hard to get anything more than short-term technical balances unless the USDA reports out tomorrow, which is the planting intentions report, or not intentions, the uh, the pl- the planting report of what the farmers actually planted, and the quarterly green stocks report, which the USDA says what they think is actually sitting out there, surprise to the bullish side, which I'm not anticipating. So, yeah.
1: All right, just, <clears throat> just so we can all learn something today, what's the difference between MJO phase one and MJO phase two?
2: The location of the convection in the the tropics, so it's just so so phase one, phase two, phase three. You know, it's just where is this? Where it's at. Where it's at. Okay. And certain phases mean certain things in different regions of the country. So you know, phase two is wet for the U.S., but it's dry for you know somewhere else. It's not like it means it's. So you have to know the MJO, and it's not the same. For every time of the year, so uh, phase two being wet for the U.S. in July doesn't mean phase two is wet for the U.S. in December. It could be completely opposite. Different teleconnections, based on the time of the year. Um, where, but for July, which is what we care about, phase two is an extremely wet pattern. We showed a chart of week phase two um, MJO <clears throat> um, moisture pattern, and it just it's it, the history of that shows a lot of. And, and and normally it wouldn't be a problem if it goes in and out of phase two, you get a little bit of rain, but it's, it's stuck. It's a very unusual pattern. You rarely see the MGO get stuck in a, in a phase like that, especially during the summertime. But, you know, that's the, uh, the part of weather that makes any forecast, not a hundred percent, meaning you, there's probabilities of outcomes. Um, and sometimes you get these very unusual uh, developments that take place that change the weather pattern, at least for a short while in the case of corn, you know, the next several weeks is a key period that if they get the kind of rains that the models are talking about, it's really a game changer. So.
1: Right on. All right. So when you're looking at, I mean, I guess we've talked about this quite a bit and up until now we've, you've been pretty, pretty well sure that we're going to see this drought. And you've actually talked about something similar to this happening where, hey, you know what, it was hot and dry coming up till June. And then July, we got the right amount of temperature and the right amount of water. And August turned off dry and we, you know, ended up making close, not necessarily a trend line yield, but it was off maybe a bushel or two off the average. Do you feel like that's what we're seeing right now, Sean?
2: If we get the kind of rains that I'm pretty, I, you know, like I said, you have to know when the models are right. Right. You know, I, I, I badmouth the models a lot because they're wrong. So, they're so bad. But you also have to know when they're right. I think the right, you know, and I've been saying they're wrong for two months, but from my work, the right, we're going to get a lot of rain where, where it counts. And that kind of rain, even if it turned off dry for the back half of July, won't matter. Like there's enough rain, pollination is going to be fine. So, so what does that mean? It means that a wet July from a warm June means that, you know, crop potential is going to be okay, but not great. Meaning it's not going to be top end or above trend. But it doesn't mean it means the crop, the, uh, the major crop problem like 2012 or 88 83, 56. It's not it's not possible now. Now it's just a yeah. question of you know is it 172, is it 175? You know, and the of course weather still matters. By the way, so this this rain's going to come for the next two weeks, and it's going to do what it's going to do. But we still have a lot of weather for the back half, and then you got a grain fill, and there's a lot of things that determine what the final yield is. And we you know we're, we're We don't know what August weather is going to be, but I believe if this rain event delivers, a major crop problem is now virtually impossible to occur. We can have a short a crop, you know, uh, an okay crop, meaning below trend, but probably you know I'm not expecting anything dramatically below trend, and in an environment where our demand picture is pretty weak. Meaning our, you know, our, yeah. our hog industry is under pressure. The dairy industry is under pressure. We don't have any cattle. Uh, we don't have any heads of cattle to feed. We're still dealing with African swine fever in China, and and that still hasn't, you know, that's that's that still is, you know, going to, you know, not going to endear them to want to buy feed until later in the years. We've talked about it on your show, um, you know, energy prices being under pressure. You know, that means that we don't need a great crop. We just need an okay crop. And an okay crop means we're going to have enough corn, and we're going to have added extra supplies. Our ending stocks are going to go up, and and that's it. So, you know, that's you know, that's that's the importance of you know why June is a setup month. We, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Not the game; it's not the main show. The main show is July always. And by the way, I don't wish back crops on any producer at all. I know I don't sit here cheerleading a major drought um I thought we had an elevated risk we certainly had the the arguably the second driest and in some places the driest May June since the dust bowl but we're going to we are going to pull a rabbit out of the hat just in time in the main show to turn it around and that sometimes happens and that's what appears to be happening here and I really do think the models are correct on this
1: so yeah all right so we're looking at some significant decrease in prices. i mean we're talking
2: well we've already you know we were up there like 6 30 and we yeah. dropped a dollar and so our recommendation from a week ago that we could see a significant setback you know has already occurred but you know it 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 certainly means there's more downside to come now of course uh, i don't know what the us is going to say tomorrow casey you know how this works you could get short covering you could get a short-term rally we don't know what august weather is going to be it doesn't mean it's straight down from here but unless You know, August turns hot and dry to excite the soybean market, which then excites the corn market. You know, the trend is going to be down. um, You know, into the into the harvest window, and um, and so a producer wants to be looking at selling any rally at all that comes along from here, because remember the El Nino pattern now for South America and for the U.S. is next year, meaning the above trend line yield crops, the big crops, the, you know, that's next year. So, you know, unless there's a geopolitical uh, situation that overrides weather factors, you know, this, w- the trend is going to be down and the major low is for sp- a summer, fall of 24. Um, and so you you want to be a seller of every rally that you get, that you get your hands on from here. So.
1: Right on, Okay. All right, Sean. That's uh, that. That really is a. It's a complete one hundred and eighty from what we've been talking about. And like you said, this is that perfect example of what you're talking about. If this does happen the way the models are predicting and what you're seeing out there. Then this will be from a uh, catastrophic failure to a, a ho hum, uh, you know, a, a, an opportunity. I guess where we're going to see not trend line like you talked about, but it's going to be. It's going to be a decent crop, and that's going to have a good enough plant.
2: Yeah. In, in, in a in a weak demand environment. Good enough. Now, yeah. if you had, you know, when we had a a crop that was okay but not great a few years back when demand was ripping, it creates a huge bull market. So you have to know right. the environment that you're in. It's very very important. Um, and you know, like so so the whole concept about weather and forecasting is um, there's no hundred percent forecast. There's probabilities right. of outcomes, and you can And and that's the most important thing is an elevated risk of a major drought and crop problem doesn't mean 100% means there's an elevated risk. And we absolutely had an elevated risk, but a, a, quite frankly, a a pattern that I've not seen before um, occur uh, in terms of this kind of a stalled phase two MJO. Meaning if you look back at all past La Nina to El Niño- negative pdo uh kind of weather patterns that that you know we've never seen this pattern develop we had a very wet july it's always been a dry july and then and then it turns wet in august which has been you know what we thought would probabilistically be the case and uh, mother nature decided to pull a fast one and that's always a risk and um you know and that's what makes uh Uh, grain markets and ag markets and volatility, what it is, um, is that weather can be projected from a probabilistic standpoint, but it can't be known for sure, because there's always factors that we don't know that are at work. I mean, I have a lot of models that I use. I have a lot of statistics that I use, um, but I don't have all of them. And so somehow, you know, this is, this is something I will go back on and look at and see where there things that i could have noticed or seen ahead of time that would have shown such a um a dramatic turn of events in such a short period of time so that the next time i see that set up i'll know it's coming you know what i'm saying
1: yep yeah well you've talked about weather volatility <laughs> moving into this uh you know lower sun sunspot sun phases and those kind of things and we're seeing that <laughs> we saw it all winter we saw it and we're starting to see it all summer here so it's uh you're you're uh yeah you, you know about I, 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 coming I, true?
2: so so you know if someone asked me now you know what so so sean if this um if this stagnant MJO pattern were to persist um i could foresee i'm not forecasting this because i don't you know but i could foresee the possibility of flooding being a market mover later in the month meaning the market's going to oh, trade rain yeah. in in the mid-july but let's just let's just Let's just say that this MJO stays stuck and this atmospheric river, like we saw in California over the winter, you know, that the atmospheric river just didn't stop. Let's just say that this MJO gets stuck and we keep seeing this, you know, inches and inches and inches over arid, dry soil. You know, that's not really actually good if you pour five inches of rain plus over arid soil. And it it doesn't stop. I mean, you know, there's the potential later on in the month that too much rain could turn out to be a bad thing. And that insult to injury, if it doesn't pull back, I'm not saying that's going to occur, but right now with the heavy rains that I see coming, so long as they, it's a 10 to 14 day pulse and they pull back, I don't think flooding is going to be a major issue, but if they were to continue to do that for another few weeks, then it could become a problem. Um, where you have washed out soils and washed out, flooded out areas at a time that the crop was already under stress from drought. Um, you know, that actually wouldn't be a good thing. Way, way too early to make that determination, Casey. But in the back of my mind, I'm always trying to think ahead of what could be. Um, but that that's something that we're going to be looking for to see if this is a pattern that's more persistent beyond the next 10 to 14 days. So
1: good. Right all right, man, good stuff. So as usual, Sean, this is one of those uh, market movers customers we need to be prepared for and understand what that what their direction looks like and what their plan is going to be moving forward. So if folks want to reach out to you, Sean, and get more information about what you're doing at Hack and Financial, what's the best way to do that?
2: Uh, we have a Twitter page at Feradax11. We have a LinkedIn page. We also have a website, Hack at H A C K E T T advisors.com. You know, from time to time, we put on our weather cycles and statistics that uh, allow us to make some of these long term projections of what the risks are um, and how we go about price forecasting, see if what we do might be of value to your listeners.
1: Well, Sean, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Have a happy 4th of July, and we'll talk again next week.
2: Sounds good, Casey. Talk to you soon. Thanks.
1: I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and go to see the YouTube version of this over on, obviously, YouTube at at the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related and get all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. Take advantage of that $50 discount from the folks at Axon when you sign up. Um, and get that registration fee uh, knocked down there a little bit. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Smooth smart, folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com.